Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Jay, I'm Jay Farner, Farner, CEO, CEO of Quicken Loans, Quicken Loans. America's, America's largest, largest mortgage lender. lender. Spring, Spring will be, will be here, here soon. soon. So buying a new, a new home is on your to-do to list. Right now, right now is, the is the time to call Quicken, Quicken Loans. Loans. Learn about Learn which mortgage, mortgage options, options make sense for you and get and a get The rate you rate lock you today, today is protected, is protected for, up for up to 90 days, 90 days while, you while you shop for your new, your new home. With a rate, with a rate shield, approval, shield approval, if rates, if go, rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates, but if rates go, go down, you get, you get that new, even, even lower rate. Either way, Either way you, win. you win. Talk to Talk us today, us today at 800 or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get Security of our exclusive, exclusive rate shield, shield approval. Call us, call us today, today at 800. Here's another reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has
When it comes to their kids, dads don't have favorites. When it comes to their tools, they do. And the Home Depot has every one of them. Top brands like Makita and DeWalt. Exclusive brands like Ryobi, Husky, and Rigid. Even Milwaukee. With an M12, 12-volt, 5-tool kit, now just... You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Jay, I'm Jay Farner, Farner, CEO, CEO of Quicken, of Quicken Loans, Loans. America's, America's largest, largest mortgage, mortgage lender. lender. Spring, Spring will be, will be here, here soon. soon. So buying so a, a new home is on your to-do list. Right now, right now is, the is the time to call, to call Quicken, Quicken Loans. Learn about, Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a, get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive... Derek's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. After the third time jumpstarting my car, I finally realized my battery was dying. So I stopped by O'Reilly to have it checked. They tested it right there in the parking lot. It was bad, real bad. But they helped me find the right battery for my car and even installed it for free. Now my car starts like new. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Derek's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. After the third time jump-starting my car, I finally realized my battery was dying. So I stopped by O'Reilly to have it checked. They tested it right there in the parking lot. It was bad, real bad. But they helped me find the right battery for my car and even installed it for free. Now my car starts like new. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.
Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring will be here soon, so if buying a new home is on your to-do list, right now is the time to call Quicken Loans. Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive rate shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a rate shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Sesame Ginger Glaze Chicken Signature Wrap. How would you like it? I'll take a... Sports announcer at home? Yeah, how'd you... We just know. My wife picks up the new signature wrap. It's got double the rotisserie-style chicken mixed with a sesame ginger glaze. She appears annoyed at me, but she shrugs it off. Those sweet and savory flavors are calling her name. She lifts the wrap and... She takes the bite! Incredible! And now she's closing the door on my... Subway, make it what you want. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Double meat based on average six-inch sub. I'm little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, no, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You had the station. If you prefer real mornings... Shouldn't you have a real breakfast? At McDonald's, we get real about breakfast. That's why you can have a savory sausage biscuit with delicious hash browns for only $1.50. It's time to wake up breakfast. Single item at regular price. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. The following program contains coarse language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy!
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special Thursday night edition of Juxtaposition. We've been promising this one for about a month as a makeup episode in between weather issues, wife aggro issues, and internet issues. We missed an episode. We promised you guys we were going to bring it back. We actually threatened to do it tomorrow night, but then I would have died anyway, um, because I kind of forgot when we were talking about that that it's kind of the night before 4th of July, and there's all kinds of things that the wife wants to do. So, because we remembered that Jeff, uh, who's actually joining us this evening, but we'll get around to that in a second, um, has a really good show on Friday nights in the time slot that we don't use on every other week. I was like, let's not step on Jeff's show and let's do it on Thursday. And then we started talking topic and Jeff was like, well, I really like the idea of the topic and if you guys can do it a little bit earlier, I can join you. So tonight, not only do we have the one, the only, the opulent Amish, we also have Jeff who does two shows on KLR and radio and uh, helps with the website and a million other things that most of you don't know about, including occasionally driving me crazy, but all of them do that, so that's okay. So uh, we'll start with you, Jeff, since you're you're the guest co-host tonight. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you uh, for inviting me on the show. I greatly appreciate it. You are very, very welcome, my friend. I'm, it's, it's an honor to have you. I know we've talked about doing it for a while, and we could never find a way to make the schedule work because... Um, uh, because timing issues and everything else. So since this one was kind of off the cuff, we were like, yeah, let's just do it an hour earlier so Jeff can join. And so looking forward to having you on, because I know this is one of the things that you do like to talk about. And as always, we're joined this evening by the one, the only, the opulent Amish, the only guy who I can get away with telling to get his ass on the corner, Mr. Ordy Packard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how we doing? Yeah, I, uh, you know... We should do more UFO shows just because one of the things that sticks out in my head from when I was a kid is that scene that you cut in from Close Encounters of the Third Kind with the uh, chatter between air traffic control and Flight 31. That always gives me chills, and I, I, I love that scene. And that was kind of like one of the scenes, that and finding the boats out in the middle of the desert, that really piqued my interest in the topic. And... Um, so, yeah, no, I'm stoked to be doing this topic. I'm doing great. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing all right. I've done like 12,000 hours of radio in my regular day job this week, but we're going to do one more. Don't quit your bitching. I'm not, it's, <laughs> it's whining, not bitching, it's, you know, but same difference, I guess. Yeah, just because you have a morning show and you finally do 10 hours more radio a week than I do. I know, but yeah, that's, that is... saying, that's saying something because you do a fuck ton of radio. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but Jeff, no, we're stoked to have you here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad we can make this work so you can get on because yeah, a lot of the shows we do are in your wheelhouse, and this one more than most of the others. So, uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, and some of this stuff ties in actually with my Friday night show uh, that I'll be doing tomorrow night. So, being able to cross reference that will be amazing too. Oh, I see how you are. Use a, use us as a springboard to promote your Friday show. No, that's all right. Damn. That was awesome. <laughs> well, we've always got this weird cross-pollination thing between uh, I do this for free and you're in the crease and then juxtaposition. We all seem to touch on the same topic on that Friday night. 
and oh. completely unintentionally too. It's just you know, oh, you're doing this because we we've been talking about doing the other aspect of that um, for about a week now, and so th- and then you know, Al chime in or you'll chime in saying, yeah, I've also got a segment in my show where I'm touching on that. And believe yeah, it or not, uh, no, we do we not pass show notes around or anything, so it's it's all unintentional. <laughs> All right, so since you're the guest, and I know that you you are on a bit of a clock, and we got a couple minutes late start because of a technical issue, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn things over to you because I you have been teasing this theory about all of the thing, pretty much all of the things that we're going to be touching on tonight uh, for like days, and I am intrigued. So yeah. I don't mean to throw. I mean if you if you want to wait, we can. Oh, no. I just I just figured. No, no, uh, this, I this will be a good introduction, I think, to the subjects tonight because. For my timeline to work, there's a couple things that you have to put into the room. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No I'm plausible. And it all starts with 1945 with the nuclear bomb testing in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Now, that happened in 45, and Roswell happened in 47, approximately two years. It's like. 23 months, I think, apart. So based on that and and the way light travels and communication cannot go faster than the speed of light, anything that would have seen or heard about the nuclear bomb had to be within roughly a year to year and a half away because they needed time to hear it and get back, assuming they can travel close to the speed of light. Now, the problem comes in with the spacecraft that allegedly crashed in Roswell was not that much superior than the technology that we have. There's a lot of aspects of it that were. So now you have to start thinking outside the box to try to make it all fit. And to do that, you have to assume that a planet or a civilization is two to 300 years more advanced than us. Reasonable technology, slightly better than ours, especially when you think about our last 200 years as opposed to what 200 years ahead of us will hold. So for a nuclear bomb explosion to be detected, it would have to probably have been heard on the Kuiper Belt or the Oort clouds. Now, I'm using the Kuiper Belt here because of the distance. Uh, New Horizon, I think the the satellite that went out to Pluto that took like nine years to get to uh, Pluto – took three years to get to the Kuiper Belt with a simple ionic propulsion engine. So if there was a listening base on Kuiper Belt or even a scientific base on the Kuiper Belt, they could not only hear the signal in relatively short time, but using basic travel technology 200, maybe 300 years in advance, they could get here within those two years quite easily. Now, who is on the Kuiper Belt? 
Well, the nearest planet that is habitable is the Proximity B, which is about 4.2 light years away, with, which is not that far for astronomical terms. So if Proximity B is two to 300 years away, has a listening post, you have to think this Proximity B had their own Hubble telescope 200, 300 years ago. And they would have detected the third rock from the yellow sun having an atmosphere. And over a span of a couple hundred years, like one or two, you're gonna, they would have seen the atmosphere change. And that would have been a telltale sign of life on our planet. So now their scientific base is monitoring Earth from the Kuiper Belt. So once they pick up this information, this, all of a sudden they go in and see this nuclear explosion the scientists panic because they can't send message back to their home planet because it would take 8.4 years to do a turn turnaround answer. So they come in the Earth with their spaceship, come in the Roswell to try to investigate the nearby nuclear explosions, and for whatever reason, we'll call it alien air, um, the aircraft was downed. Now this is where it gets a little trickier because now you have them taking the Roswell, you have them taking and, and the technology filtered out. And all of this was because we happened to split some atoms. Now, fast forward, this proximity B is um, they lost some of their scientists. And so now they're putting in new protocols over you know, a handful of years. And there's new listening posts, new detectors uh, on Kuiper watching us. And then fast forward to the year 2008. And in 2008, as we all know, CERN was turned on. So, since the last time aliens came in 1947 and lost their spaceship, there's new protocol that they need for a, a, this protocol to send message back to Proximity B, get a debate, get a response before they can find out what they do. So, you got 4.2 years to get information to Proximity B, maybe a year, year and a half to debate about what do we do then 4.2 years to get back the information, and all of a sudden we're in January 2020. I think my head just exploded. <laughs> you didn't get all that? I got all that. No, so I... That one I, actually... I'm not saying I didn't understand it. I'm just saying I think it made my head explode. <laughs> well, hey, you get into that, okay, so now we're in January 2020, and at that point, that is when... The Navy started going, oh, hey, guys, we got all this gun camera footage and of um, things we really can't explain. And, you know, we're declassifying a lot of shit. Yes. So it's kind of like the, all right, we know they're coming, so we're going to start to desensitize. And this goes back to the first episode you did, Rick, of when did aliens become yeah, culturally when... accepted and why didn't you get the memo? And, you know, or it's like, you know, even Tucker Carlson and, you know, random bits of you know newscasts will talk about ufos and aliens as a matter of fact or at least uh hey you know this isn't just crazy uh conspiratorial shit anymore yeah you know i mean it, it's it you know we we've been talking about that for a while off and on and but you know that was one of the the one of the first episodes the actual official first episode of juxtaposition was that because it was just weird because I'm flipping through channels and all of a sudden I'm hearing Tucker Carlson talk about UFOs and showing like actual uh, Navy gun cam footage of unidentified flying objects. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, when when did this become something that would be talked about by, by mainstream media? I mean, I know anybody, you know, 
hearing me call Tucker Carlson mainstream media, who actually considers themselves part of the mainstream media, just had an aneurysm. But you know, for Fox, <laughs> for Fox News to be talking about UFOs in primetime television, that was something I thought I would never see. I mean, there are so many people that feel vindicated right now just because, and, and you know, and, and we have some some video and audio of you know some other some some like actual mainstream mainstream networks like ABC that we'll be playing later in the show talking about things like Area Fifty One suddenly being declassified and we'll get into Area Fifty One later. Uh, but it's just the fact that all of this is now coming out and coming to light. I am convinced it's because there's something coming that they're trying to prepare us for. Absolutely, and it, you know it actually gets crazier because for my my example, I use the closest planet. Uh, proximity B, which is 4.2 light years away. Now, it is around a red sun. It does a rotation around this, their sun um, every 11 days, and they believe it's tidal locked. And that, at first, that was a concern for me, going, well, it's tidal locked. But actually, if a civilization can handle that, the dark side of their planet is perfect training grounds for space travel. Put them two or 300 years ahead, and boom, it's, it actually falls, starts getting into that plausible realm. But then I started looking a little outside of that box, and the next known planet that might have a habitat is like 8.4 years or 8.4 light years away. So if they were the ones doing it, that means they couldn't get a response here until 2025, 20, 26, which is when we're going to have a, a base on the moon. And then the next planet after that that might have a habitat or at least has an atmosphere is 11.2, I think, light years away, which means they would be able to respond by 2036, a year after we would allegedly have a base on Mars. So the timing and the mathematics of it all really, really syncs up too well for my brain, and it hurts. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is by them sending their first response, we've been able to map out the other responses, know when to expect them, and we're making preparations. Yes. Okay. Well, so I mean, the, the whole point of the Kepler Space Telescope was to find these planets in the first place. So, I mean, I'm old, all of us here are old enough to remember when – there was nine planets known in the whole universe. Pluto still, by the way. Yeah, and Pluto was still a planet. Fuck Neil deGrasse Tyson. Pluto um, is a planet, damn it. I don't care what they say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's even cooler because it's a Plutoid. No, fuck you, Bill Nye. It's a planet. Um, so, yeah, so you have the uh, Kepler Space Telegraph that has found over 500 planets now, I want to say, yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah, so, and... So knowing that, you know, uh, Proxima A, Proxima B, Alpha Centauri, and these other relatively close um, star systems have, you know, have planets, whether or not they're inhabited or have, you know, life-sustaining, you, you kind of have to define what is life-sustaining in the first place. If you want to talk about, like, us with an oxygen-nitrogen atmosphere and in the Goldilocks zone, sure, mm -hmm. but that's not um, necessarily it. Correct. And, you know, the, the scary part of this whole thing is we actually have a company in California who is just recently started up, I think, 2018. And their plan is to go to comets on Kuiper from the Kuiper belt to mine methane, uh, liquid ice or liquid or ice water and platinum. Now, there are about 100,000 objects in the Kuiper belt, and we only have spotted 2000 or identified 2000. And out of the 100,000, these are ones that are 60 miles or more that have the methane, have the, uh, the uh, water, ice. These are all things that even NASA right now says we will need to do to get to uh, out of our galaxy. 
is we need to mine the methane, mine the liquid ice, and use the hydrogen as our propulsion to get out. So as time goes on, our government is actually proving a lot of these theories, even the Roswell, that some of the technology we got has been steering them to this direction because they're reverse engineering the propulsion systems and and things of that nature. And CERN is a major key component on this with the colliding of the the atoms because uh, last year, I think uh, December 2019, a NASA engineer actually proposed a theoretical engine that will get to 99% of the speed of light uh, uh, only if you're in outer space. You need a different engine if you're not in – if you're in a gravitational pull or something of that nature. But it's theoretical. It applies most of Einstein's theory of relativity. breaks one or two physical laws, but – Depending on how st- if string theory is accurate, it will be nullified by that. Well, I mean, they're just guidelines, really, not rules. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't had an yeah, excuse to use that yet, so I, I had to I had to get it in there at least once. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so so all of all of this just you know. Uh, so since we've we've kind of pointed out where we're headed based on all this, so why don't we back things up a little bit? And honestly, I just kind of made an executive decision. As long as you two are okay with it, since we are on a bit of a schedule and we're already nearing the the bottom of the hour, I'm gonna vote we go commercial free just to make sure we hit everything. Okay. Sure. All right. So let's. So, so we've kind of t- talked about where we're headed. What what is got us? What where we're headed in the future? Probably why we're headed there. So let's talk about part of what got us there. So where you guys want to go first? Roswell, Area Fifty One, right? Pat doesn't make any difference to me. Well, we've got to go in chronological order. That that starts with Roswell, and then you end up at Wright Pat and Area Fifty One. So I mean, let's let's go ahead and start with Roswell. Nobody said we had to go in chronological order, but I mean we well, can. We're not- <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not a requirement or anything. It's our show. You know, we're, we're not. We're not the we Witcher. We're, we're doing linear. We're doing a linear story. Oh, we are. I, I was unaware. So, I was. I was unaware. <laughs> so I was unaware this was required to be linear, or we wouldn't have had Jeff start at the end. <laughs> okay. Oh, previously yeah. on. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Let me get it queued up. Make sure it's not going to do anything weird. Hang on. Do 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 do. Sorry, my board's not listening to me. Here we go. In the early days of the Cold War, Roswell was an obscure outpost of the U.S. Air Force's Strategic Air Command. Then, in 1947, a local rancher found what he claimed to be a flying saucer that had crashed on his land. The debris was brought here to the base for study. The military claimed it was just a weather balloon but whisked it away to other bases in Texas and Ohio for further tests. When the story leaked, sensational news reports made Roswell a symbol of government conspiracies to cover up the existence of visitors from other planets. The incident sparked a UFO scare and inspired decades of science fiction movies. Then, 50 years after the incident, the Air Force released a report admitting that the wreckage was part of a secret system of atomic espionage. But for real believers, this is just another cover-up. The town of Roswell has made a cottage industry out of UFOs ever since. Thousands of the curious and the crazy come to Roswell's UFO Museum every year, 
drawn by the strange story of the 1947 incident. A mystery that may never be solved. And there's just a little bit of teaser intro of everything kind of a, in about Roswell in a minute and 25 seconds or less. Um, so, yeah, so... Aliens, did they crash there? Was it an experiment? Was it a weather balloon? You be the judge. I think my favorite conspiracy, not alien and not weather balloon, is Russian um, spy uh, aircraft. Hmm. I I don't think I've heard that one. That's interesting. Now, you have the other end of that where the Air Force came out a few years ago and said, yeah, that was just a cover story. What we had was a um, saucer-shaped-looking... aircraft so we could fly over russian nuclear you know installations and you know it which just kind of made me think of like the teasers from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy that would just land in a you know desolate area in front of some poor unsuspecting soul and make beep beep noises in front of them and that's kind of what it sounded like to me when they described that but i mean that's (laughs) you have a lot of interesting characters tied up around the roswell story from Mac Brazel forward. Yeah, and you get so many contradicting comments. It's this, it's that, it's the other thing. And how was it? it might have been a Discovery or History Channel show I was watching a couple months ago that they, they actually have a computer specialist trying to decipher the letter that the gentleman was holding with the quote-unquote weather balloon fragments. Sure. Uh, yeah, the um, – oh, God, I used to know his name too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Walter Hall. Yeah, the the poor guy who has been like you know the face of the uh, you know the weather balloon slash swamp gas. Um, yeah, you know we're from the government and we're here to bullshit you, guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If they, if they could ever get enough data off of that picture, that would be amazing. Because I think there is information on that that tells us more about where it's and, – and, and I'll be honest. Now, the theory I mentioned is just something plausible. It's probably something benign and you know something innocent. But the fact there's so many different stories, it just makes you wonder what the f- are they lying about. And it's the, the lying that makes this more intriguing than probably it should be. Well, yeah, and the, what you have, the follow-up to that, and this is where the story kind of gets interesting, too, and it's like a lot of people don't know about Wright-Patterson Air Force Base it, involvement. It, it's outside of Dayton, Ohio. It used to be Wright Field. And its involvement in the UFO story, because these were like the cleanup crew. Whenever yes. there was an alien, it, it, if you ever watched the show Hangar 18, there used to be an old show, Hangar 18, and now they're doing a new show, Hangar 18. Hangar 18 allegedly started at right pattern. Right pattern. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Air Force Base. It's where Project Sign started, Project Grudge started, Project Blue Book started. It, it, it was the home of all of the center of ufology. 
of the time, of the government's involvement in it. Yeah. And uh, it even goes back to, um, there was a rumor that um, Jackie Gleason once said that Richard Nixon took him to the, air quote, blue room at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base to see aliens, the actor Jackie Gleason. Um, There's another story in 1988, uh, former Senator Barry Goldwater said he had asked General Curtis LeMay to see the blue room, the blue room, and uh, Curtis LeMay said, not only can I not get you into it, don't ever mention it to me again. So, and that's where Wright Ouch. Patterson kind of comes into its involvement in this. Yeah, Wright Patterson's kind of a kind of an, an interesting kind of push off because uh, if if I remember correctly, that was kind of the focal point of a lot of the Project Blue Book stuff. There was the Hangar 18 stuff. It was just kind of had a little bit of everything sure. going on. It's kind of crazy. You know, and all these are are intertwined in so many different layers and levels, and it really like. I know there's some theory that Area 51 had the alien bodies. It originally had the aircraft, but then the aircraft was shipped over to Wright Air Force Base. And I believe some of the work that was done to understand the technology was done there because those guys were more experienced in theoretical uh, 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 attitudes. And and, and I can't think of the correct word for this. Sorry. Um, Experimental aircraft. Yes. Where Area 51 was – they were doing testing for the U two, so they were more there were more doctors there experimenting on higher flight altitudes on the human body. So they already had people in there who knew the anatomy really well. So that's where they, they all three kind of tie in. Yeah, Area Fifty One's in my backyard. I'm very uh, familiar with the East Gate at Rachel, Nevada, the West Gate at Beatty, Aramagosa Valley. The flights flying out of Vegas to Nellis Air Force Base, S-2, Tonopah test site. It, it's, uh, that's all in my area. I have driven past it, this place that allegedly doesn't exist, hundreds of times. So what you're And the say- whole place screams, get out. So what you're saying is you've snuck in there more than once. No, no, that is a very... Uh, Liveries, that's all. <laughs> yeah, the... the, 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 the the use of deadly force authorized signs and the uh, white jeeps on the hills kind of tell you no. Those are just suggestions. Come on, <laughs> man. We need you to do a KLR radio exclusive. Yeah, I'll be like so, that. So what you're saying is you didn't go back to Area 51 to have sex with your great 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 grandmother. No. Okay. That was it. That was Stargate Continuum, wasn't it? Uh, Futurama. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, no, Stargate Continuum is yeah. when um, uh, Cam Edwards discovered he was his own grandfather, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's why I thought that was the reference to. But Area yeah, I, 51 is kind of like the Beatles of ufology. It's, uh, you know, it's um, everybody knows it. You know, it, it it's uh, well, the funny thing is about it is that it technically didn't exist until two things happened. Uh, George Knapp brought forward Bob Lazar, who talked about it, and George Knapp also started interviewing people who worked out there that were getting very sick from the chemicals they were exposed to when they were doing um, dump fires of stealth technology, and uh, when they went to court to try and get uh, some sort of uh, workman's compensation for it, the government insisted that it didn't exist, and George Knapp told the judge, I can drive you to it. 
Yeah, I mean, it, so, it, you know, just, just since we're kind of moving into that area, here's an actual news report where they've confirmed the existence of Area 51. Suppose the godfather of all conspiracy theories, at least part of it, that mystery in the Nevada desert. We're now learning Area 51, America's capital city for UFO sightings and the stuff of Hollywood science fiction, is apparently real. Here's ABC's Nick Watt. For nearly 60 years, the government denied this place even existed. Sounds odd, but I'm going to call it the most famous secret base in the world. An epicenter of alien intrigue. Featured in Independence Day. There's no Area 51. That's not entirely accurate. Even Mulder and Scully visited one dark night. Area 51. Classified experiments involving extraterrestrial technology. Now, for the first time, the U.S. government has released CIA documents showing a map of the secret base in the Nevada desert with Area 51 not redacted. Dun, dun, dun. So, I mean, this might be one step on the road to finding out really what has gone on there. Uh, yes, but I, I wouldn't expect that it's ever going to involve aliens. That's what they all say. Okay. Area 51 has launched a thousand conspiracy theories. Some people claim the Roswell aliens were brought here for reverse engineering. Others say the moon landing footage was actually shot here on a soundstage. And hundreds of people who saw spy planes flying unfeasibly high above the base called in UFO sightings. The newly declassified documents relate to that U-2 spy plane program, but I'm afraid no mention of UFOs whatsoever. Will this staunch the flow of conspiracy theories? Yeah, right. Nick Watt, ABC News, Los Angeles. So there you have it. Even ABC confirms that Area 51 is an actual thing. Well, you know, it's actually it? interesting because, um, once again, I'm going to plug my show tomorrow. Uh, I have a story tomorrow that talks about there is actually a U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee is Address, uh, telling the Pentagon it should release a public report on UFOs and because the Pentagon has been tracking and studying UFOs for so long. So it is actually something that has been kicked up even more so in the recent recent months. And if the uh, Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 21 is implemented, this will be part of it in 2021. Woohoo! I want to know the truth one way or the other because I still, you know... Not to take us down a, a tangent for a second, but I still find it really interesting that this is the time that we establish a fifth branch of the armed services and call it the U.S. Space Force. There's something we don't know because there's no there's no reason yet. to do that yet. <laughs> I, I mentioned it uh, two weeks ago. The general in charge of the uh, Space Force mentioned threats, mentioned it in public that the Space Force, part of its goal was to prevent against threats. Wait a minute. It, yeah. So they're they're leaking information at a, a at a more than a slow pace. It's it's someone's going to have to do some serious work on that dike to um get it, um to uh you know get <laughs> stop the flow of information. I'm yeah, so- well, I mean, you, you got to look it, it's got in the past I'm sorry. 20 years. Did so did someone mention a, a dike? Giggity giggity. Giggity goo. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in the last 20 years, you have gone from flat-out denial, absolute denial. No, you're a crazy person. You know, get your tinfoil hat on. And uh, in that time, in the last 20 years, again, you know, when did it become culturally acceptable, 
now it's like, um, yeah, we'll talk about it. And like you said, with, now that there's a Space Force, it, it goes back to Reagan's speech for the UN when he talked about, wouldn't it be amazing if there, you know, at, more in tone of uh, it, all of our petty differences wouldn't mean anything regarding us and the Soviet Union at the time, were we to face a threat from outer space? Yep. And, and it, if I re- I don't get the dates, I don't have the dates in front of me, but some of the work that was being done in the scientific field during the Reagan years were were specifically toward the aforementioned Kuiper Belt. So just imagine if they were if we're if we're going to do a little little bit of alien conspiracy here. Just imagine if they picked up the signal from the listening base listening to us. So they you know I think. I, I strongly do believe that the, the government knows that there is aliens out there. I don't know if they've ever had contact. I, I don't want to go down that that theory. But I think they've picked up signals enough that has concerned them, and I think it's closer than they're willing to admit. Well, of all the governments in the Western Hemisphere, we seem to be the most tight-assed about it. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at Brazil, I mean, was it Brazil or Peru that just flat out said, oh, yeah, they're real? Both. Both. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, A ministry of it. Yeah. In in South America, it's why, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, ooh, you know, this is still kind of, you know, are you a crazy person? No, it's just flat out, yeah, the government's talked about it. You know, we they they started releasing gun camera footage in the early 2000s. And, And... Sometimes I try to look at things so logical it hurts, and and sometimes our enemies are the foreteller of what's going to happen. There is a reason China is making a mad dash for the space race. There's a reason they're on the dark side of the moon. There's a reason they're launching Mars probes. They know something or have intercepted something that we have done because, well, China is asshole. Yeah, I mean they. You're they, lucky it's not. Lo- you're lucky it's not Friday, sir. You're you're getting <laughs> dangerously close to the political zone. I know that's why I mentioned it's it's Thursday right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's true. If you look at what China's activity and just in the last three years, how much they are ramping and putting an effort into the space race, it it's not for prosperity. It's not for they. I can't think of anything else other than there is a reason they're doing it and what that reason is has to my brain says they've detected something or overheard something. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you don't just all of a sudden decide to go to space. No, it's not not the ferocity that they are doing it. Right. I mean, because at the at the point where they started to just dive into it. Uh, it wasn't for a national pride thing. It wasn't for, you know, there there was no space race. Basically, you know, the U.S. won, gave up, and started hitching rides with the Russians until private industry got involved. And so th- there was just, you know, space was just the thing. China had no trouble launching satellites. They could do that all day long. It's yeah. that once they started talking about manned space flight, then you, you kind of had to peek up and go, why? What do you have to gain from it? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we're all going to be mining the belt, the Kuiper belt and the asteroid belt, and, you know, getting all those Kuiper objects to come flying into the system. Yeah, boss But Yeah, boss man. But, uh... And it goes back to what, what 
you you've mentioned on cyberwares before with the Chinese influence on the hardware. They've been spying greatly on the, the countries that are in space and are holding these secrets. So I, I, I'm, like I said, I know I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart, but there, some of this just rings so true that this is the most logical answer as to why they are doing all this. And, and you know, things like the Roswell with the, it, the information that was hidden before all the computers, all, all this data was accessible. It gave us a 30, 40 year head start over some of these other countries. So, you know, not not to steal Al's thunder from the chat, but he just brought up a really interesting point. You remember when they, you know, Reagan proposed the whole SDI thing and they, they shelved it because it was going to be super expensive and everybody thought it was dumb and it wouldn't work because apparently part of the stuff they were missing was the capability to put satellites in a geosynchronous orbit. Yeah, do you think maybe just maybe that maybe they kept doing it after all, and that's why we suddenly have all these TV and cell phone and everything else satellites in geosynchronous orbit? Yes. Mm. Yes. Kind of thinking, Next question. Kind of thinking Al might have hit a point there, right out the yeah, park. Yeah, no, that's definitely a point. <laughs> no, and, and and if you want, I'll go back to my original opening comment. If Proximity B is the culprit, and they are in a geosynchronous orbit, once they de- they gathered the information off the computers of the spacecraft and deciphered it and understood it, boom, satellites are now geosynchronous. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you can argue, you can say that, well, that was just the logical progression. The same with, you know, at the time you couldn't do a polar orbit of satellites either. So, you know, it became a, you know, part of the logical projection, you know, progression to figure it out. But. We figured it out pretty damn fast from just 30 years ago when we couldn't to 10 years later we could. Yes. You know, and, and I go back to the, the, the difference between colliding atoms and splitting atoms. We were splitting atoms in 45. It took us until 2008 to collide atoms. You know, it, it's that long of a term just between the difference between uh, splitting and colliding tells us that – it's a long process. So some of these things that we've gotten record, you know, amazing times on, it wasn't information we were able to ascertain from something like Roswell or Area 51 or what we learned in uh, Patterson Air Force Base. It, some of the numbers just don't sync up in my head for time frames with some of the advancements we did get. Yeah, it does seem – taking – you know, it's like Crow said, you know, geosynchronous orbit is just math. It's not that hard. Well, I mean, it's, it's figuring out the math. And like Ron mentioned, the Lagrange points as well. Um, it, it's ha- it's not the ability to figure out. It's the ability to get them there properly. Yes. And that takes a level of finesse that at the time we couldn't keep a space station in orbit for more than 10 years before it came crashing down, in the you know. Outback. <laughs> <laughs> True. So speaking of uh, colliding atoms. Sing! Sorry, had to be done. Sing! Sorry, had to be done. All right, anyway. Didn't, it's like, didn't it's expect like split, it to loop, it, You know, it's like you're saying, splitting is easy, colliding is hard, fusing is difficult. <laughs> yes. <sighs> anyway. So uh, let's kind of just 
recap everything we've gone over so far because we got about 15 minutes left. So, uh, and then I have I have my own theory as to why Area 51 suddenly got declassified. We'll touch on that probably in a second too. But so far, just to make sure we're on the same page, looks like we've uh, been visited by aliens for a while. We've recovered a lot of their technology. We've backward engineered it, which has caused great leaps in our technology really quickly, which has allowed us to do things like geosynchronous orbit, probably. Even though it took us a while longer to figure out, I'm sure it probably has something to do with all the shit that CERN has done to fuck up the planet since 2008. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Um, and uh, so that's kind of where we are right now, other than the fact that we've now established a space force when we really, up until five minutes ago, had no way for Americans to go back to space without hitching a ride with the Russians. We now know China is on a mad dash to get to the moon, Mars, and beyond. And it's all probably because they know the same thing our government knows, and that is we are not alone in People are probably on their way here now. I say people loosely. That about summarize everything? Ish. Sure. Okay, yes. All right, just making sure. All right, so as far as the, the news report that ABC put out a few months ago, actually officially declassifying Area 51, that's because most people don't know this. Ori and I have touched about it for like two seconds on a previous juxtaposition, but there's actually an Area 52. All the cool shit probably got moved there. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I joked about it back when Area 51 started to get talked about, when George Knapp and Bob Lazar re- really made it a sexy topic du jour back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I joked about it, but it actually kind of made sense to me is that once that started to get out, I mean, it, it was a test center for Lockheed Skunk Works forever, and so was Air- Edwards Air Force Base. But once the UFO stuff started to get out, I think that personally, they moved everything to Dugway Proving Grounds because any idiot thinks, well, you know, I'll be, you know, safe from radiation. But you start throwing biological and chemical test sites with, you know, then people just like, yeah, you know what? I'm not crossing that perimeter line. I can dodge a bullet. I can't dodge a microbe. Yep. So. And Chess, it's in the warehouse. I love Warehouse 13. That is still one of the best shows. Agreed. I'll watch that again. I'm pretty sure it's on Prime. I thought about starting it the other day, but I started watching Alias again instead. It was on uh, IMDb when I watched it not too long ago. But <laughs> so yeah, they they moved it out of uh, Wright Patterson out of Hangar 18 um, and moved it into the warehouse. Nice. But Dugway, yeah, no. But my theory has always been they moved everything to Dugway because nobody wants to cross that perimeter and that is a if you don't know what dugway is that is a chemical and biological uh test site in utah yep i was about to ask you that question and then you answered it no that that, that's once again it's logical to put it there so well a that makes it kind of hard to believe the government would do it but b it actually does make sense (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, otherwise you're putting it out on uh, whatever island that is that they really had a bad uh, anthrax outbreak on when they were testing that. But that's a different topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that may or may not be a future juxtaposition topic. Who knows? Right. <laughs> so, Jen, since we are on a bit of a timetable, we've got about 10 minutes left. Any final thoughts? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? Well, can we go off the little, off the board a little bit? Sure, that's what the last ten minutes are for. Ask Cordy. We do that all the time. <laughs> I want to touch on crop circles a minute. Sure, touch them for power. Ninety nine percent of crop circles are fake, but I've been doing a little more research into them 
and what the theory I'm working based on the 4547 Kuiper belt theory is that some of these crop circles are nothing more than telemetry um, telescope listening device to, uh, tuning in devices like things on the SR-71, the cameras on the uh, – they would fly over, and they, you'd have patterns in the desert, and they would take pictures and try to clear it up based on those imageries. I actually think that there's a possibility that crop circles, if alien – I'm not saying they are, but if alien, are nothing more than a telescope or listening device tuning devices. Ah, so wait, what you're that saying – So what you're saying is that, that – seems plausible, but who's marking them out? Yeah, that is the part I'm still researching. Um, I, I need there is such a thing as as gravitational wave device or or maybe a, uh, invisible uh, on the light spectrum force from a nearby vessel that might come in and say, hey, we're going to do this pattern at this spot on the on this open field. Here it is. Send it back to the telescope. They tone it, tune it in. Boom, done. And it wouldn't be visible to the naked eye, but if we happen to have devices looking at it at the correct time, you could actually see it. And there has been a few crop circles that picked up small layers of radiation that might be caused by that. But this, that's complete theory, most likely not the possibility, but I'm investigating, seeing if it could be possible. Very interesting. GR says it's interns. <laughs> Alien interns. Honestly, it could be. I mean, when you, yeah. if you're from a planet that only half the planet gets light, scientist job on the Kuiper Belt is like a goldmine opportunity <laughs> because you, you actually get away from the red star that could be sending solar flares and could end your civilization at any time. So it could be interns, but you know, it, it's just something I'm trying to calculate the math for to see if it's feasible, it's plausible. Right now, I don't have. In anything solid other than just the, the starting theory for it. Hey, all I'm going to say about that is if BLM can have allies, so can the aliens. BLM allies are responsible for bringing bail money, snacks, and water. The alien allies do the same, except they also make crop circles. Just saying. You know, that would explain why they crashed in 47, too, because you, get a, you send a couple of interns out to drop some crop circles, and, you know, these guys, you know, they're, they're not the pros. They're not the A-team. They're, you know... The guy who fetches coffee, given the shit job, okay, run down to that rock, paint, you know, paint it so we can look at it with our yep. telescope, and well, um, try not to crash the company vehicle while you're out there. Well, that is part of the theory of when I was explaining to my son about it. These are scientists out in the Kuiper Belt. They're not military. They're not, you know, our Air Force or anything. They panicked when they saw the nuclear bomb, so they're not experienced in understanding tactics. They're not experienced in understanding you know, necessarily evasive maneuvers with their aircraft. So it would lead to more likelihood that they would crash it as exposed uh, as compared to someone who was more experienced in evasive maneuvers and understanding the flight of the aircraft. Fanny, you know, they're sitting, sitting out there. Why would somebody split an atom like that? That's, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not know there's easier ways to do this? Just saying. <laughs> that seems really unhealthy. Yes. <laughs> it's like uh, Stargate Atlantis when they were talking about taking vacuum energy, you know, with the big ZPM and the, the one when, um, you know, it's kind of like, well, w of course, why would that be a problem? Well, we actually have to live in our universe and the exotic particles created would be a little problematic with ripping the fabric of the universe apart. So, you know, it's kind of like, why would you split an atom? That seems kind of destructive to your own 
biosphere. Dude, I really don't, you know, not to go too much into Stargate and Atlantis and everything else, but I really don't understand how the hell their universe even still existed in the first place. Do you realize that in the, what? I mean, if you if you take everything combined for the years that they ran, there were almost 20 years worth of episodes spanning about 15 total. And the entire time, there were multiple episodes where there were dimensional crossovers, dimensional dimensional tears, gates stuck in black holes. I'm like, how? I, uh, there ain't no. Uh, yeah, CERN saved. Uh, I guess in blowing their, in up their, the sun, blowing in, up half. Of, yeah, in their dimension, I guess CERN system. saved their ass because CERN's making our life hell. But apparently, that's the only explanation they could still be alive. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, in the time we got left, Jeff, what are you watching? Honestly, I haven't turned the TV on in a long time. I've been listening to a lot of uh, great studies courses on uh, Audible. Nice. I smell nerd. Sorry, Jeff. Nerd. Confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to know what I listened to last because it will just confirm it even more. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, we already pretty much know what what you're watching and listening to on a daily basis already. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that the other night, and um, I I really wanted to start um, uh, Battlefield Earth, or which one was it, the Gene Roddenberry one? Anyway. Uh, Yeah, I I can't, what the hell was the name of it? I I fired it up, it was immediately cringe, and stopped. I never said it was any good. Most of Gene Roddenberry's stuff besides Star Trek really wasn't very good. Andromeda had its moments, but Andromeda was Andromeda pisses me off because back when I was really, really young and really, really stupid and didn't understand how anything worked, I sent, because I was poor, broke, didn't have a computer, didn't have a typewriter, didn't have anything. I actually, because I didn't, didn't really know what else to do, I sent an outline for a book idea with sketches, uh, timelines, everything about basically what to do after Next Generation ended, and basically came up with this idea of some uh, what what was called slip warp technology which was faster than warp speed and basically the whole idea that the premise of the book was that they figured out how to travel into black holes and go into alternate realities so in the first part of the book they were actually going into uh, another reality to rescue the trapped Riker that was on the planet because nobody knew about him in that reality because the other time to- the, the actual will Riker died um, and they were trying to basically it was the, it was their idea to go to that timeline to bring people back because it was from do you remember the episode where they had like like four million enterprises all sitting in the middle of one space and one of them like got blown up because it was already it was battle fatigued and everything else so Wesley Crusher sure. Wes, Wesley Crusher was not aboard the Enterprise during that episode in the book that I wrote and he the Wesley Crusher from that from that episode started a crusade to get into alternate realities rescue as many people as he could bring them back and actually try to defeat the board well, they were using things like slip warp, slip warp technology, everything else, and then all of a sudden I start watching Andromeda, and it's a show about a guy that gets stuck in a fucking black hole for forever, <laughs> comes back, his entire civilization has been destroyed, and they're using Slipstream. Yeah, we've talked about it on Culture Shift, where um, Star Trek has no trouble stealing other people's work. They stole Babylon 5... They stole the Tartarids of the new Discovery. They it, it just, yeah, they, 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 they have no trouble 
stealing uncredited work. And it was so many of the little nuancey things that were part of my original story that I started watching crop up in Andromeda, and I'm like, I really wish I would have known what I was doing when I sent them that, because I would have tried to find some way to prove that it was me that wrote half this shit, and I'd be making bank right now. But I was a dumbass kid, didn't have any idea what I was doing, and just thought, hey, if I send them this and they like it, maybe they'll want more and help me get it done. Dumbass. We wouldn't have to play the McDonald's commercials. And this is true. (laughs) But then Ordy wouldn't have an any... (laughs) Then Ordy wouldn't have an aneurysm every morning at exactly uh, 5 Eastern his time, so... (laughs) What fun would that be? Right? Yes. Torturing me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know. Yeah, we talked about it the other night, too, how we love all the... um, We love our chat and our listeners because they help create some of the best station-centric memes, and that fucking rooster has become one of them. Honestly, that. that's part of the reason why I play the name commercial so much now. I got bored with it a long time ago. You guys, you, know, you guys do shows with me all the time. We don't even hear the commercials when we're on breaks, guys, because I've heard them a million times. Right. <laughs> so we don't. I mean, occasionally, I'll play one, like if I'm trying to annoy G or something, because apparently G doesn't listen to anybody else's shows. Because last night, the first thing he saw was, "What are they talking? Why, why do they keep talking about that fucking rooster?" And I said, "I'll show you on a break," and I <laughs> unmuted it. And he's like, "Oh my god, that commercial is terrible." Like, yeah, now you know why they don't like it. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> that's funny. All right, yeah, you know, a, a, a uh, inside baseball story. We were doing an episode of uh, Cyber Wars once, and we were joking about the commercials. I said, my son was in the yeah. Army back in... Oh, my God, yes. And it was... Uh, it, Lou actually thought that she had the commercial playing back in her ear. I did. <laughs> that's... That, <laughs> I thought she was playing the commercial or something. That was a right. pretty, that was a pretty spot on impression, though, bro. Just <laughs> all right. So we got about sixty seconds left, gents, because I know Jeff is on a tight clock, and I don't know about y'all, but I got to be up at five o'clock to start this craziness all over again. I don't have to do day job stuff tomorrow, so not only are we going to do the regular morning show from seven to nine, uh, we're also I'm also probably going to do uh, probably from. Uh, Noon to 1 Eastern, probably an hour-long kind of pre-4th of July special. Um, kind, of, kind of play some patriotic music, that kind of stuff. Just for the fun of it, talk about some stuff. Uh, basically, since I'm getting paid to stay home tomorrow, I, I actually can legit say for one hour I'm getting paid a decent wage to do radio. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of getting paid in t-shirts and stale pizza. But, why don't you, uh, Jeff, we'll start with you since I know you got to drop off here in a second. Remind folks where they can find you and pimp your show one more time for tomorrow. Uh, Twitter, Parlor, Cloud Hub, Stoner Brewing Co. Um, for my shows in the crease and Lost Wonder, you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore crease. I will be tomorrow at 11 if I can record the show properly tomorrow morning. We'll have a fresh hour's worth of material. Cool. All right. Ordy, where can folks find you? Uh, I'm off the next uh, three days, and they can find me on the Twitters, and they I will be back uh, Monday night for... Flu bar, one nation under. <coughs> We're still doing that while everybody's locked down. And then on Cyber Wars with Lou, Politibunny will be back. And then um, I think the next show after that will be on Robinson and Horty with you, Rick. So you remember when I told you that doing a pandemic related show was a bad idea? Stacy and I started one of those four months ago. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Boo and I were going to do it until everybody was out of lockdown. We, I don't think we anticipated, well, we obviously didn't anticipate the protests 
infecting everybody. Now we all no, taking... no. We have it on good authority, sir, that protesters can't get COVID. So yeah, you need to check your privilege. Okay, <laughs> I need to check my virus privilege. Privilege. <laughs> All right, folks, we are out. This has been a special Thursday edition of Juxtaposition. We'll be back uh, two weeks from tomorrow for our regularly, well, I guess technically a week from tomorrow. Well, no, two, yeah, a week from tomorrow. Sorry, a week from I'm, tomorrow. I'm about to put us on the wrong schedule again. So, yeah, we'll be back a week from tomorrow at our regularly scheduled time. For those of you, if you're not doing anything too crazy tomorrow, make sure you tune in for your daily dose with me and Stacy, and then we will do a special 4th of July uh, hour-long episode for tomorrow, since 4th is on Saturday. I'm not doing anything on Saturday, but we'll we'll do the usual annual thing on Friday. And, uh, Ordy, I was going to ask if you wanted to join me after you joked about having the next three days off, but I'll be nice. <laughs> I actually, um, I do have appointments tomorrow, so uh-huh. I'm going to be on it. Uh-huh. But, uh, sure you do. You know, I actually do stuff during <laughs> the day when KRN is not on the air. <laughs> Whatever. Prove it. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Derek's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. After the third time jump-starting my car, I finally realized my battery was dying. So I stopped by O'Reilly to have it checked. They tested it right there in the parking lot. It was bad, real bad. But they helped me find the right battery for my car and even installed it for free. Now my car starts like new. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and 4-plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.